We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. I'm Nechami, founder of Defiance Beauty by Nechami, a natural, high-performance beauty brand that is dedicated to celebrating diversity, empowerment, and inclusivity in the world of beauty. This podcast supports our mission of giving a voice and visibility to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect all of us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I am so excited to have Alana Dunn on the podcast today. Alana is the host and executive producer of Seeing Other People podcast. We started following each other a couple of years ago, actually, and I have really enjoyed watching her journey and seeing her content that's inspired thousands of individuals along their dating journeys. During this episode, Alana shares how she evolved from being a more private face as the lead content creator of the Hinge app to sharing her dating challenges and triumphs with the world via her podcast and social media. She also talks about how she learned to become more vulnerable and realized that the depth of connections and how she could inspire others was through a deeper vulnerability. Alana talks about how she used to define herself by her job and relationship status and what made her shift her perspective to change that. She stresses the importance of being yourself while you're dating, the importance of communication and dating, and why you should not be nervous to scare someone away. How she spared herself so much heartache by reinventing dating patterns in her life and respecting her own worth and so much more. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. Listen in and be inspired. Oh my God, young Alana was funny because young Alana was both shy while also loving attention. And it's so funny. I remember in like middle school and high school, my friends and I for fun would just like have photo shoots in our backyards. And I got really into photography. And it's so funny because so much of me as like an early teen resembles me now and really guided my career and my whole life path. And it's so funny to see there's so, still so much little Alana in 29-year-old Alana. Love it. So tell me, what's the same? The Jonas Brothers. <laughs> First and foremost are the same. Um, I'll, I'll send you a picture, but my entire bedroom, floor to ceiling, including the ceiling, every door, my bedding, everything was Jonas Brothers posters. And I wrote my college essay on the Jonas Brothers. I, my whole world and life revolved around the Jonas Brothers. And fast forward, I ended up working in the music industry. I ended up working for Nick and I ended up meeting my fiance because I had a prompt about loving the Jonas Brothers in my Hinge profile. <laughs> and he messaged me that he also loved them. And we're going to our eighth Jonas Brothers concert together this Saturday. No way. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Also just saying side point that this just proves that you should write all your little quirks and things that you might think people might think is weird, but it's not because yep. it's, you know, but yeah, I love that. Love that. Wow. So you have a really wonderful story because I love stories with happy endings, even though it's not the end, you know, being engaged, but that is part of your story. Could you share a little bit about your dating journey and um, how that, I guess, paralleled your story with leaving Hinge and yeah, what happened? Absolutely. And feel free to jump in at any time with questions. I'm very long winded, especially with this, because there's 
so much to it. But <laughs> yeah, I I had a really difficult time being single. I put so much emphasis on, you know, being single was how I defined myself. And all I wanted was to be in a relationship. All I wanted was to find my person. And I ended up in a series of toxic situationships. I ended up in a really unhealthy and emotionally abusive relationship. I ended up going through breakups where I literally felt like I was going to die from a broken heart. And all the while, you know, I end up getting this job at Hinge where I'm running their social media. My title was video and content producer when I started and lead content creator when I left. And for the first half of my time there, I was keeping it very surface level. I really wanted to separate my personal life from my work life. And, you know, I'm very, I was a very public facing persona for Hinge. I was creating content for them and people knew me as Alana from Hinge. And I was like, you know what? My personal life is off limits. They don't know anything. They don't get to know anything. That's for me. And about a year in, I was going through a breakup and I couldn't just go on the Hinge Instagram story and say, everything's going to be okay. Go on that date tonight. Like, here's this pre-date routine that'll get you in the mood. Like, no, I couldn't do that because it felt so wrong with what I was experiencing. And so I recorded this video. This is about like a half hour after I got dumped. I was visiting my, at the time, boyfriend in Los Angeles, and he had just left the hotel room. I had just finished crying. And I recorded this video saying, you know, you guys are always coming to me for dating advice, but I want to, you know, turn the tables and ask you, like, how can I get through this right now? Because I don't feel okay. I don't feel like I'm going to be okay. And that was a huge turning point in my personal life, in my work life, in my relationships, where I realized that opening up about my struggles and about what I've been through and what I'm still going through, that's the way to make an impact. That's the way to connect with people, both in terms of content and social media, but also future people I was going to date. You know, I learned so much from that experience where I started just being vulnerable online and opening up about my story and my past. And I took the same approach in dating. There are so many people who say, don't talk about dating on dates. Don't talk about your exes on dates. Well, those experiences made me who I am. And my relationship experiences impacted the way that I now date and can show up in relationships and the things that I need. And we need to be able to ask for what we need. And so I took a lot of that from my time at Hinge, from my relationships and breakups. And it really just became this beautiful thing of it's okay to be vulnerable. It's actually strong and brave and beautiful to be vulnerable. And if people aren't going to accept you for that, or they're going to judge you for that, they're not your people. So totally. that was one big thing. And and similarly to how I, you know, I, I mentioned, I like define myself by my singlehood. I also define myself by my job at Hinge and I got let go from Hinge completely blindsided, similarly to how many breakups happen. And I always say it was a breakup that needed to happen that I didn't have the balls to do myself. I wasn't happy. I was crying every day for months. I wanted to leave, but I didn't know how to separate myself from this job because like I said, I was a lot of from Hinge. I made it my identity. And I felt that way in relationships too, where 
I don't know who I am without this person. And I put all of my eggs in this basket and stopped doing the things I love outside of them and stopped hanging out with the people I used to hang out with. And who am I without them? And in all of those relationships, even though I wanted to leave, I always stayed until they literally kicked me out the door. And so I love that there are so many similarities between some of my breakups from unhealthy relationships and the end of my time at this job that I also just made my entire world. Yeah. Wow. We, you, you covered so much there. Um, I want to like unpack a couple of things. Yeah, so the- a lot. <laughs> um, no, that's great. It's great. So the first thing that I actually want to just focus on, because I think this is really important and a lot of people can identify with this concept of cultivating your own identity outside of what you do or who you're with. So how did, how were you able to do that? Like, how did you start, you know? It's important to remember the reason somebody chose to be with you is not because you spent all of your time talking about them, thinking about them, spending it with them. It's because of all of the things in your life that made you you. It's about the people you surround yourself with, the hobbies that you have, the passions that you have. Those are the things that attracted them to you. And it is so important to continue doing the things you love, continue making time and space and putting energy into those things. Because without those things, what are you? You can't just be someone's girlfriend. You can't just be someone's assistant, someone's fiance, someone's producer. You have to be you. Otherwise, what happens? Like, I never want to be in that position again with a partner, with a friendship, with a job where I don't know who I am without it. Because I came into it with so many different things that make me me. And having gone through that experience where I I literally didn't know who I was, I never want to feel that way again. And it's so fun to have so many different aspects of your life that you enjoy. Like, why would you want to just define yourself by the person you're with or spend all of your time and energy making sure they're happy and their cup is filled? You can't do that unless you're filling your own cup first. Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's interesting because I think people sometimes, well, often, unfortunately forget that and get so involved with whatever they're doing or who with whoever they're they're with that they really let themselves or their passions go, you know? Yeah. It's a shame. It, it's easy to get caught up in it, especially when it's something you've wanted for so long. And I've had conversations with some of my close friends about this where in my past relationships, yeah, I completely blew off my friends because I was so obsessed with the guy. All I wanted to do was spend time with them where I would cancel every other plan. I would move mountains, do whatever I could to just spend time with them. And that definitely harmed my friendships. That wasn't fun. Like I didn't enjoy doing it, but I was just so I wanted a partner so badly that when I finally got them, I was like, well, I need to hold on for dear life. Otherwise I'm going to lose them. And approaching it with that mindset, there's no world in which that those relationships would have been successful because of that. Cause I was losing myself. For sure. For sure. And was the difference like conscious for you when you were dating your fiance of how you were acting? It definitely was. And I remember, remember it's because I felt so secure with him. Whereas in relationships in the past, I felt so 
overly anxious and was overthinking everything and spiraling and doubting and making all these assumptions where with my fiance, Jake, from the start, it was just open communication. So I knew exactly where I stood and I didn't feel the need to be like clenching on. I just felt like, oh, I can keep being me and we'll see each other when we see each other. And I'm going to also continue to live my life outside of him because duh. And I remember my friends also pointing out like this feels different. Like you're different in this relationship and it's a really great thing. I love that. It's so funny because I've seen, um, well, it's not funny, but it's just interesting. I, of course I follow you. So I've seen interesting things that you've been posting on. And one of the things is that um, you do this like weekly dating wins, right? And I love reading them. They're so fun to read. And sometimes I'll see that women will write in that they ask the guy out. Mm-hmm. And I love your feedback. Or, or, and then, you know, I guess I'm mixing up two things. Sometimes people ask you questions and they ask you what you think about if they could ask a guy out. And you always say that, of course you could, that if they're the right guy, they'll appreciate it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I've done that, by the way. And I've seen, I totally agree with you 100%. And, and I, I love that you're bringing these like, modern concepts into into people's dating lives and getting actual like feedback, you know? Yeah, it is. Thank you for pointing that out. And, and I love that you love watching the dating wins. I think it's one of the coolest things about my community that they embrace this idea of celebrating our wins because most of dating is so negative and terrible and painful. And there are so many little wins that happen and we have to take the time to celebrate them. Otherwise it's going to be completely bleak and dark and horrible. But um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's been a really difficult thing to do. I've always from the start been anti-dating rules and been with the mindset of you can do whatever the hell you want. Like this is your life and you should approach dating in the way that feels right for you. You shouldn't have to sit back and wait for them to do everything. But There are so many other people out there. And historically, it's been, well, nope, the woman cannot text first. The woman cannot call first. The woman cannot reach out after the date. Like the man has to do it. The woman can't plan the date, et cetera, et cetera. But why not? Like if there is something that you want, you should go after it. You should ask for it. You should be able to tell somebody how you feel. You should be able to ask for what you need. We all have needs. Having needs isn't needy. And if it is, then needy is normal because we're all needy and we all deserve to be able to express those feelings and ask for the things that we need. Otherwise it's not a relationship or it could never become one. And so I really want to encourage everyone listening and everyone out there, go after what you want. If you want to make the first move, make the first move. What's the worst thing that happens? It doesn't go well, at least you tried. And you know what? Maybe next time it will go well. You know, the downside is, okay, what you wanted didn't happen, but you tried, you put yourself out there and next time it'll be even easier. And if you didn't do it, you're right. You're exactly where you were, you know? So worst case, you're back where you started, but you're not because you're already one step forward for trying. And I think if, if any person is not going to like you because you asked them out or you texted them after the date, thanking them, saying you had a good time. Why would you want to be with somebody like that? Who's so like, nope, this is the way it has to be. And I have to make every move and they can't stand up for themselves or voice their thoughts and feelings. Like that's not, that's not it. That's not the type of person we want to be with. 
hundred percent. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And that's something that I've realized in the past couple of years, like, you know, and I've been dating for a while, but yeah, no, it's interesting because I, I've thought, and I hope this guy is not listening to this podcast, but a guy I went out with, I remember him telling me that he would never want, he would be like repulsed by a woman asking him out. And I was thinking to myself, you need like a confidence booster. If you're going to be like, you know, like repulsed by a woman asking you out, then you are so not the guy for me, you know? And we were dating, like we actually dated. It obviously didn't go anywhere. And then like, I remember a different guy who we actually, we we dated for a while. We weren't for each other for different reasons, but like I have a lot of respect for him. And something that he told me was he thinks it's like really cool. He thinks it's it's attractive when a woman asks him out. And I was like, see, this is the type, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it shows a confidence and it shows, and, and, and I think like, if we're going to sum up what you're saying, it's just about being yourself is so important. And the right one is going to appreciate you for being your authentic self. Exactly. Exactly. And why should you hold back? Or, you know, if you meet somebody and they are repulsed by the idea of you asking them out, well, what else are they going to be repulsed by you telling them you have feelings for them? (laughs) There's so much else that's going to come down the line where you'd rather be yourself from the start learn these things about someone from the start. It's the same thing with, you know, don't don't ask what you're looking, like what they're looking for, what their intentions are. Like you could never tell somebody on date one that you're looking for a relationship. Why not? If you know you are looking for a relationship, you are intentionally dating, you should make sure that the person on the other side of the table on that first date has the same intentions because It's okay. It is completely okay if they want something different, if they're just looking for a hookup, if they're just having fun, if they're not looking to settle down, there's nothing wrong with that. But the two of you should not continue to go out. And what happens is people are so afraid to ask those questions, to have the real conversations because they're afraid that they're going to scare somebody away because that's what so so many people on social media have drilled into someone's heads. But you'd rather find that out on date one then on date five, or when you're three months into a situationship wondering why they won't commit to you. It's been the same narrative in their head from the start. And it's been the same narrative in your head from the start, but you haven't communicated that to each other. And so you have nothing to lose by communicating. If you know you're looking for a relationship and you share that on a first date, somebody who's also looking for a relationship and is having a good time is going to be thrilled. They're not going to be scared away. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's just being very clear with, with what you're looking for hundred percent. And it's not like you're, you're we're not saying to like air your dirty laundry to, you know, on the first date, it's, it's just about yeah. being clear about your expectations. So yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's interesting because growing up, I think as women, our upbringing is very much like people pleasing in a way and making sure that we appear a certain way. And I think that's part of the hesitation that we have with being so upfront and assertive. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're afraid to rub somebody the wrong way. We're afraid that asking for we what we want is going to make somebody think negatively about us or make them think, oh, like they're so needy. But like I said, like we all have needs. It's so interesting. I was listening to Dak Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert, and he was talking to, I think it was Eva Longoria, and they were talking about kids and raising kids and especially raising girls. And Dax was saying it was, it's really difficult raising a girl with the awareness that so many people have now where he's like, I want my daughters to question things, especially when a man tells them what to do, especially if it's me saying like, this is the way it has to be. I don't want them to just say, okay, I want them to push back and ask why and stand up for themselves and assert themselves. 
because that's what I want them to do their whole lives. And they need to learn that now rather than just saying, oh, well, this older man told me this thing. And just because they're an adult or because they're a man, that's the way it has to be. And I thought that was really, really interesting. That idea of, okay, we now know that we want people like women to feel empowered. How can we start this at an early age? Yes, absolutely. And I love that the narrative is being challenged now. Yeah. And mm -hmm. hearing these stories, it's beautiful because this is exactly what we need, you know? Exactly. I hope that our daughters grow up without the same pressures that we did. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have an entirely different set of right. pressures sure. that we'll <laughs> have true. to address later on. But yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I also want to go back for a minute to what you said. You mentioned the idea of vulnerability in the beginning about um you sharing uh, personal things about your dating journey, about your life. And it's interesting because I feel like this is a concept that keeps on coming up in different conversations that I have with different friends and also podcast guests about the idea of vulnerability in general. And um, especially when it comes to dating, like besides for your own sharing, you know, vulnerable sharing to like on a public platform in regards to um, you, you just being vulnerable on a date or like in dating and, and with you and your followers being vulnerable. I wonder if, if, as you became more open, people were able to, to become like learn from you and, and act like that in their own dating lives, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like to think so. And I think there are so many questions I asked myself and so many things I wondered as I was being open about my dating life, you know, what are people not going to want to date me because of it? Or Am I sharing too much? Am I not sharing enough? Like, do I have to process something on my own before I put it out there? But I think it, it's a really difficult thing. And I am proud of myself for the way I approached it. And I do, you know, I, I had moments where I also worried, like, should I not get into a relationship because then I'm less relatable to the single people. But I've gotten a lot of feedback from my audience that them seeing me go from that girl who had the most challenging single years of my life to being in this happy and healthy relationship that that gives them hope. And I love that. And I've shared so much about the beginning of mine and Jake's relationship where I, I posted a video recently where that went super viral on Instagram and TikTok, where he had messaged me on hinge and I didn't answer. And he followed up a week later. And that's when I responded. And I don't, there was no specific reason why I didn't answer, but it's, it's a like, follow up with your matches. And B, I also shared that I had previously matched with him and I never, never talked to him and later went back through my old matches, found him and went to go talk to him. And so from sharing those, I've had people reach out and say, because you talked about that, I ended up following up with someone on hinge, even like after they didn't respond to me for a week and we're now celebrating our one year anniversary, or because you posted that I went through my old matches, found somebody that I thought was a missed opportunity. You know, like, why didn't we go on a date? We went on a date and now we're moving in together. And so I think that's so cool. The impact that those experiences of mine and Jake's had, like, I think that is so, so special and incredible. Yeah, that is so special. It's so, it's so cool. Like what an impact you could have from sharing your own story. This is just such a great lesson. And, and I love the healthy vulnerability aspect. You know what I mean? Cause 
whatever. Sometimes I see people on social and I get like honestly anxious because I'm like, you are, I don't need to know that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, <Yes. laughs> but your stories and when you share your personal stuff, like you do it with such healthy boundaries. Thank you. It, I tried, I think from the start, I really tried when I decided, okay, you know what? I am going to open up about my personal life. I, I never wanted to do it in a way where I was airing out someone else's dirty laundry or I was crossing a line. I never have really talked about my sex life with Jake or with anyone else. Like that's not for the world to know. I, even when I was single, I was never going to say like, oh, this person said this asshole thing on a date, screw them. Like, that's not what I was there to do. I was there to share like how certain things impacted me and how I got through them. I'm not here to like be entertaining and comedy and, you know, just like make people laugh with my crazy dating stories. And I, I debated that at first. Cause I was like, I see so many other people doing it and they're gaining a following and going viral every week. And I could be doing that too. Should I be doing that? But it felt so wrong to me. You know, my dating life, as much as I was sharing it, my goal was to find a partner. And I just, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel authentic to me to be you like exploiting my dating life and the people I was going on dates with for other people's comedy or entertainment. Right. For sure. And I love that you said about that your goal was to find a partner. Yeah. And if we would all take note of our goals and like act accordingly, that would change a lot. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> if your goal is just become viral, then yeah, like air your dirty laundry and talk about whatever you want to talk about. But if it's probably not your goal, so and I hope right. it's not, right? Actions have consequences. And when I started seeing other people, so seeing other people launched in January of 2021. I matched with Jake on Hinge in January of 2021. Our first date was in February of 2021. I had a co-host at the time for the podcast. And sometime in January or February, we were recording an episode with a breakup expert. And my co-host had said on this podcast episode, if anyone is trying to date Alana right now, don't even bother because she's not over her ex. And that episode came out and Jake had to listen to that and decide for himself, like, okay, I don't like, is that true? Or is my experience with her true that we are progressing and connecting and having these feelings for each other? And so, you know, even with opening up about my life and having that out there, I'm really glad that Jake trusted in our connection and what was really happening between us versus hearsay and what was out there on social media and, and on the podcast, because I think two things can also be true at once. Like I had just been hurt again by an ex, but I still was moving on and wanting to be with somebody. And you're allowed to have multiple things happening to you at once. We're not robots. We're humans with such complex emotions and you're allowed to have multiple things be true at the same time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's so rude that the person said that. I know. I was just like, uh, this is really awkward. <laughs> Wait, why I was did like, you I was over my ex? Right. <laughs> but like, what is there a reason why you didn't edit it out? I'm just curious. This is such a tangent, but yeah, you know, most of my podcast episodes are like 98% the exact conversation. I don't really edit stuff out unless someone froze or my dog barked or <laughs> I sneezed. I, I like to keep them as real as possible. And I I wasn't 
trying to make myself look a certain way by curating what was going out there. So, you know, he said it and I, I don't know if I had already like gone out with Jake yet at the time that that was said. I just know that me and Jake were going on dates when the episode came out. And that's the other thing is, you know, sometimes episodes are recorded like three months before they get right. released. And so it's, it's definitely tough having all that out there while trying to date, but it all worked out because of trust and communication. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, that's all right. Also, that's, that's actually more of an extreme example, but which is even better because Jake really didn't listen to that, you know, co-host and he just kept going out with you and judging for, and, you know, judging for himself. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear from you, like what some of the biggest lessons that you've learned throughout your dating journey were. Oh, wow. Oh my God. A communication is number one, first and foremost, the most important thing from the start. And I think the biggest thing I see and, and I saw from my experience was we're so afraid to communicate, but when we don't communicate, we end up making assumptions. We guess what the other person is thinking and feeling, and we act in response to that. When really, had we just asked the other person what they were thinking or feeling, it could be a completely different story. And it could actually be the story that we want to hear, but we're so afraid. Well, if they're not communicating, if they're not telling me they want to see me again, then they don't want to see me again oh my God, nobody is ever going to love me. I'm going to be alone forever. Like we go down these spirals and we tell ourselves these stories because we're used to hearing them when really I think I, I always assumed that everybody was going to treat me the same as all of the people before. And I had been hurt a lot. And so the second I wouldn't hear from somebody or it was a Thursday or Friday night and things had been going well, but now we're texting and suddenly I don't hear from them a few, for a few hours. My, in my brain, I jumped to, oh, well, they're on a date with another girl. They're sleeping with someone else because that's what my experiences were in the past. And I learned how important it is to give people a clean slate. And of course, keep in mind the things that have happened to you and what could possibly happen. But I was hoping that going into dating, people were giving me a clean slate and not jumping to conclusions based on what other women had done to them in the past. And so we deserve and they deserve to also have that clean slate. So keeping in mind that, you know, everybody's different. Don't jump to conclusions. You cannot assume that they know what you're thinking because you're not a mind reader. So why would they be? And literally everything goes back to communication. I just word vomited so much, but it's all communication. <laughs> no, that really was great. Is. Yeah. And also just like, obviously trusting your gut and experiences, but also understanding that sometimes the things change, like things are not always going to be the same patterns. Like you could change patterns and you meet someone else and he's a healthy guy and he's not going to be sleeping with someone else when he's dating you, you know? Yeah. That, and also you have the ability to change the narrative. You know, there were so many situations where I got myself into where in the beginning things seemed like they were going great. And, you know, we didn't do that thing that I said before, which is find out what the other person's looking for. And we did find out somewhere between dates five and 10 that we're looking for different things. But every single time these guys would say like, yeah, I'm not looking for a girlfriend right now, or I'm not looking for something serious, but I really like hanging out with you. And I'm down to keep hanging out if you are. And every time 
over and over, I would tell myself, well, challenge accepted. Of course, they don't want a relationship with me yet because they don't know me well enough to want a relationship. So I'm going to stick around because they really like hanging out with me and they want to keep hanging out and I'm going to convince them to want to be with me. And every (laughs) single time I got my heart broken. And so there was one point where I met somebody and the same thing happened. And I remember him saying this exact thing. It's like, I really like you. I'm not looking for a girlfriend right now. I'd love to keep hanging out. We can keep going on dates and whatever, but I'm not looking for anything serious. You tell me what you want to do. And I said to him, like, listen, I really like you. And I'm really bummed to hear that. I've been in this situation so many times and I owe it to myself to do something differently this time. And I'm going to walk away. And he was like, okay, I totally respect that. And it felt so good. And I spared myself so much heartache that didn't need to happen. All I needed to do was choose something different for myself and tell myself, like, you know, the end of the story, you know, what's going to happen and you deserve more. I love that. Wow. Kudos Steve for doing that. That could not have been easy. It was really hard, but it was, I think, a huge turning point for me. Right. I feel like everyone hits a certain turning point in their dating life when they realize that something has to change. Mm-hmm. And it's like different. Yeah. I mean, for one of my friends, one of my friends was telling me that she kept on ending up with in, ser- in serious relationships with avoidant men. And basically she was like, she said it was just at one point she realized and now she's married. She's she has a baby. She's happy. But um, it was it was that turning point that she's like, what am I doing? Like, how is, how does this keep on happening? You know, and um, it's just it's interesting when when you realize that, you know, I've had my own realizations and it's it's so freeing and and it's uncomfortable to like take action and to yeah. end whatever it is or even to like talk, speak it out loud because I have issues. But like, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is. But yeah. uh, like, how do I keep falling into the same pattern? But at the end of the day, you could break the pattern. And that is the most encouraging and empowering thought, you know? 100%. And it was maybe four months after that, that I met Jake. So it well, really, like, once you start taking control and stop saying, oh, these things keep happening to me. Well, no, I was letting them happen. And it was in my power to create a different narrative and go down a different road that I hadn't gone down before. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I know that your position is more of like, like the best friend who's helping out, you know, your followers dating and there's, we're not talking therapy here or coaching, whatever, but, um, I would love to hear about, I'm sure people share a lot with you in the DMS Mm -hmm. and even forgot about DMS, like even just in those question boxes that you always put up. Right. So how often do you hear about like the attachment styles when it comes to dating? I do get a lot of questions about it. And I think more so than questions, I get people who know they're onto something. Like they know that they are anxious and keep dating people who are avoidant, but they can't put the definition to it. You know, they haven't learned about attachment styles, but they're describing what they're experiencing. And that's why I think attachment theory is so incredible is because sometimes we need definitions. Similarly to like, when we're sick and we can't figure out what's wrong with us. All we want is a diagnosis so that we can find a treatment. Like, I think it's so important to learn about what you're experiencing. That way, you know, first of all, it actually makes sense why this is happening to you because of things in your childhood, because of things in your past, because of previous relationships. And you're not 
the first person. You're not the last person who's going to be feeling this way. You're dealing with this. And there is a path forward to actually feeling the way you want to feel or finding the types of people you want to be with and the relationships that would be right for you. And so I love attachment theory and other concepts like that, because I think they take something that can feel really ambiguous and scary, and they almost provide not a solution because it takes a, it does take a lot of work and time to heal your attachment style and to go through that. And it's not like, oh, here's your antibiotics that you can take to <laughs> fix you. Like, it's not like that. And, you know, some people will be anxious, attached or avoidant for the rest of their lives, but there is, it, it's almost like hopeful that, oh, I can actually learn about this and learn why I am the way I am and maybe have some tools in my toolbox that can help me moving forward. I totally agree. And for me, for sure, it's helped a lot. Actually, it was a friend of mine who brought it to my, we were discussing attachment styles and she said something to me about what, in a very sweet way, you know, about me. And I was like, you know what? That really makes a lot of sense. And I started delving more into it and reading about it. And now I'm so aware. And just like awareness is is the, literally the first step. It helps you like self-regulate. It helps, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I just, I'm such a fan of the, of the attachment styles. Yeah. It's also cool once you learn to see it play out. And, you know, when I, there's so much in my story with Jake that is so like teachable, which is incredible. <laughs> but when I first met Jake, I had actually gone, I had gone on one or two dates with this other guy. We'll call him Brad. I was obsessed with Brad. I was all in on Brad and Brad was not all in on me. And I was always wondering like, well, our date ended and we had such a great time, but we didn't make another plan. Like, when am I going to see Brad next? Should I keep Friday and Saturday open in case Brad asks me to hang out? I don't know what Brad's thinking. I was obsessed with Brad and I go on a date with Jake. He immediately tells me after he had a great time and would love to see me again. And that was it. We made our next plan and I didn't have to overthink. I didn't have to spiral. I didn't have to text my friends incessantly saying like, what is Jake thinking? I knew what he was thinking. So I felt comfortable and I could continue being myself and having conversations where I was normal and I was me and I was not analyzing everything versus with Brad. I was so anxious because I had no idea what he was thinking. And I had no idea what he wanted. I had no idea where he stood. And so seeing the contrast between these two, it was like, wait a second, one of them, I think I'm obsessed with, but actually feels horrible. And that obsession is just anxiety because I have no idea what the hell is going on here. The other one, I had a great time with him. He's very communicative. I feel super comfortable and safe. I'm not questioning anything. That feels really good. And so seeing how I felt and how I felt with Brad was how I felt most of my dating life. And it was so refreshing and comfortable and safe with Jake. And that was huge for me to be able to compare and contrast the two and realize like, wait a second, like I don't actually even like Brad. I just want Brad to like me. Mm, Fascinating. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope. We've all been there, by the way. We've all been oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As it's so, it, this is like the definition of like secure attachment, you know, with um, with Jake. It sounds like he's just being upfront, open, 
and yeah. you feel good. It's so it's cre- it's really amazing how when someone else is secure, they can they can make you more secure. Exactly, and that's why I encourage people to be open and share how they feel, and you know, express if you have feelings for somebody or ask someone what they're looking for, because that encourages them to also open up and take down those walls. And you know, even if you're not secure having these conversations could just lead to better communication. Both of you feeling more comfortable being yourselves, feeling safer, being able to open up more and creating this secure, healthy relationship. Whereas if you're hiding how you're feeling, if you're waiting for them to do everything, if you're trying to just get them to like you, it's not going to work. Right. Right. So true. It's crazy because we so many of us have had to experience those feelings and circumstances in order to know that it's true but it's, it's a shame you know but it's but it's really it's, it's true maybe people will learn from just hearing your story you know that's the goal yeah <laughs> um what sort of like what's the best feedback you've heard from your followers I know you spoke about this a minute, like for a little bit but um I would love to hear like other like stories that you've heard or like what what meant the most to you I think anytime, you know, I, I have conversations with my audience in the DMs and the question boxes. I also invite a lot of my listeners on the podcast to share their stories. And when I hear that the podcast helped them get through a really difficult breakup or that something I said made them feel seen and understood and less alone, that like those moments are, I don't even know how to feel about them because it, it it's so special and it's so like, wow, everything I went through and everything I've worked towards does make a difference and does have an impact. And part of it is like, I wish I had this for myself when I was going through it. Like, I wish I had a podcast to listen to that made me feel less alone. I wish I had an Alana in my ear telling me like, <laughs> it's going to be okay. If I could get through what I got through, so can you. And so I didn't have that. And knowing that in some crazy way, this does have that impact on people. Like words can't describe how meaningful that is to me. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, you know, when it comes to to dating in general, it could get very stressful. It's, it's almost like a part-time job or a full-time oh, yeah. job sometimes. Um, how, what did you do for yourself as self-care? And like, how would you encourage other people to you know, take care of themselves. I was very bad at it. I (laughs) definitely experienced a lot of dating burnout and should have taken more breaks and found other ways to date or meet people. But I think, again, it's making sure that, yeah, you're prioritizing dating, but first and foremost, you're prioritizing yourself. And I've seen it so many times with friends and listeners where if they're just hyper-focused on dating, they're not putting themselves in in the right mindset to find their person versus if they are, yes, dating, but also focusing on the things that they love to do, surrounding themselves with their friends, just going out and putting their phone down and being open. That's when their personality shines through, their passions shine through. They are their most authentic selves and people can see that and people can feel that. And so maybe it still is, you know, them going on a date from a dating app, but they had a great week or a great weekend doing something that they loved and they're excited to talk about it versus it's their third date of the week and they've gone on three or four first or second dates all month and they're so drained 
that's going to come across the table. And so really just making sure, like I said, like you're filling up your cup and taking time to do the things that bring you joy. Otherwise, like what's it dating should not suck. Like dating should be fun. And you should also make sure that you're having fun doing it and you are finding wins and positive moments and things to celebrate from each date. You know, maybe you go on a date and you decide there's no connection. You don't want to see the person again. There's still something that was a positive in that experience. Maybe it's that you found a new bar or restaurant that you can't wait to go back to, or you've been dying to try this cocktail and you finally got to try it. That's still a win. You know, that's something to celebrate. That's something where the night wasn't a waste. And so focusing on dating wins and looking for those moments to celebrate, I think really helps with dating burnout and just helps make it a better experience overall. Yeah. Love that for sure. So a big part of our brand defines beauty is really helping women feel more visible, especially women who have felt invisible in the past, whether it's because of age, race, ethnicity, whatever it is. So my question for you is, have you ever had moments in your life or periods in your life where you have felt invisible or not seen? Absolutely. I think for so much of my twenties and for so much of my singlehood, I felt like, well, it seems like everyone else can find their person, but I can't like, am I not worthy of love? Am I not good enough? And I, I put so much pressure on myself to find somebody where every time I didn't find someone, I would repeat that to myself. I'd say, well, clearly I'm not lovable. Clearly no one's ever going to want to be with me. And I was trying so hard because I wanted it so badly that it made me truly feel like, well, no one's ever going to see me. No one's ever going to appreciate me. I have so much love to give and nobody wants to accept it. And it wasn't until I was able to really, I hate the phrase like, you have to love yourself before you can be loved by someone else. I hate that phrase because loving yourself is a lifelong journey and incredibly difficult to do. But I think I didn't respect myself. And I think you have to respect yourself before you can be respected by somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time for me to appreciate who I was and, and recognize my worth and really respect myself and know what I deserve. And once I was able to do those things, that's when I no longer felt invisible to the people I wanted to be with. I no longer felt like I wasn't good enough. I love that. And it's so important to remember that because, you know, in a society that really values marriage and relationships, sometimes it could be very difficult to, to fully respect yourself when you feel like not everybody respects where you're at, right? Yeah. So when you could tune into your strengths and what makes you beautiful or makes you unique and, you know, that and start respecting yourself, that really does cause others to have more respect for you. So yeah, that's a really important point. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You also stop, you stop accepting less than you deserve. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. Alana, if you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? Don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do, how you should or shouldn't behave, what you should or should not do in dating, in career, in life. You have to figure out what works for you because we're all so unique and 
individual and someone else's experiences might not look like yours. So their advice might not resonate with you. And that's okay. You know, if you feel in your gut, if you feel in your heart that something that someone else is encouraging you to do, if it feels off, follow that feeling and and trust your instincts and do what feels right for you based on who you are and your experiences and what you know is the fit and and what's right for you. For sure. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, now where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Yes, please do. First of all, thank you so much again. This has been so much fun. You can listen to Seeing Other People wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to my other podcast, Life in Progress, wherever you get your podcasts. It's more about adulting and going through your 20s, career, friendship, all that good stuff. And you can follow Seeing Other People on Instagram or Alana Dunn on TikTok. You're awesome. Um, but how about, in, don't, don't you also have Instagram on um, your Alana Dunn? Uh, yeah, and Alana Dunn on Instagram. <laughs> I'm easily findable for those who want to find me. (laughs) Yes. And you can, we will link all those links in the show notes, by the way. So very easily findable just from here. Um, Thank you so much, Alana, for coming on. This was so fun to talk to. Thank you. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at DefianceBeautyBN and on our website, DefianceBeauty.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard.